there, listener. It's uh, it's been a good road so far, and I think I think we have a future together. And I just really want to take a minute and tell you, heart to heart and seriously, I think it's time for us to take this relationship to the next level. Will you be podcast exclusive with me? Whoa, geez, you're asking a lot. Just like that, you're laying it down on the line like that. Welcome to Bacon Zone. <laughs> <laughs> You're moving real fast on that one. I two mean, years. We've been doing this almost two years. Yeah, but we've only been good like 40% of the time. Wow. That's pretty high. That's pretty high, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. No uh, idea we're doing that well. By the way, I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. And we have a special guest, don't we? Hey, it's Dr. Matt. Dr. Matt's back. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. That's Yay, perfect. Dr. Matt's back. Welcome, Dr. Matt. Welcome to my office, boys. Thank you. <laughs> we're on the we're on the couch again, feeling Felt like we might be in trouble. They're literally, literally sitting on the therapy couch. The therapy couch. Except for Jacob. He's looking down upon us. Right. Uh, yeah, I had to have the tall chair. <laughs> Don't touch me on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> Can stop rubbing his shoulders. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the thing, uh, everything, uh, thank you for all the feedback we got on the last show. We got some great feedback. Uh, regarding the winter show. Also, we got some feedback saying, here's some ideas so you never have to do another show about another season. (laughs) You're welcome. And we actually got some new iTunes reviews, which thank you for everyone who's given us an iTunes review. It really does help us out. Also, we got, we lost some iTunes reviews. Well, we kind of did because... Wait, what? Well, okay. So Sam from last show who gave us that awesome, really, you know, really awesome long review. No, it was was amazing. It was a great review. That was the best review I've ever heard. He deleted his review. (gasps) Why would he delete the best review that's ever been... He put, but he put a new one in. And it's a five-star rating. Thank you, Sam, for that. And this, <laughs> the, new, uh, the new review is this. It's good. Don't write a long review, though. <laughs> Wait, that's it? <laughs> that's it. So oh. all, that, all that fun stuff you wrote before is gone. What look, have Sam, I done? Look, Sam, I got an idea for you. Just double down on this. Go back. Write the longest review that has ever been written. <laughs> uh, we, also got, we also got a review from Spencer Co- from Spencor. And it says, Who? the show is okay, I guess. Don't ask to be mentioned on the show. Five stars. <laughs> hey, we got five stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for I okay. I don't care what you say. Just give us five stars and I'm happy. <laughs> it shows the love. Yeah. Speaking of the love. Yeah. Nice oh, segue. yeah. That's perfect. What are we going to talk about today, Joel? Oh, wait. I say that. It's love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we've got kind of a Valentine's-y romantic love show, which is why we have Dr. Matt here, because you're not the doctor of love, are you? I am tonight, baby. (laughs) Yeah, the love doctor. Well, I brought you guys a romantic gift, and you all dissed on it, and I'm really offended. No, we didn't. I'm eating it right now. Chocolate. Listen, I was I was at the dance supermarket. And and I, I thought, what what can I get? That's basically blue boutique. You know. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought, you know, a heart shaped box of chocolates. And it was delicious. And I was going to say, not just those. You gave us Reese's hearts. Yes, too. but Reese's when, hearts. Yeah. When Joel walked those in the room, he me. saw the hearts on the, on the table, yeah. and he just put them on another he just, table. He just tossed them. On I the, was yeah, getting set the up, and then he I, tossed them next to my uh, Ben Franklin decanter, which is not full of whiskey. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I put them over there, yeah. and then I ate like three as I was setting up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that part of it, but no, I didn't. I basically wanted to squirrel them away from myself. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, I'm. I'm a forgiving person, so we'll see what happens throughout the course of the show. Matt's a little punchy tonight. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but and, and if you uh, if you were someone who's just jumping into this show and haven't heard any other shows with Dr. Matt, Dr. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm a clinical psychologist uh, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, I work at the University of Utah as a professor, and I also have a private practice, which is where we're hanging out tonight. No, that's great. And we've had we've had you on before to talk about psychology of fear. Uh, we talked about psychology right. of superheroes. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, now we're on to Psychology of Love. Which is kind I'm of glad a mashup of the two other shows. Yeah. yeah, that's I true. I love superheroes. Well, te- technically, three other you shows. Fear them, we split, we you fear the them so much pieces. you love them. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and so technically, you've been on four that, times. And so this is, I'm really offended tonight. Actually, I don't know if I can go on. So the, the candies got dissed, and then Joel also, I'm taking this personally, was talking about how soon you guys could get out of here. What? And I was thinking, yeah, like, Joel? two or three shows, I, I'm here till midnight at least. <laughs> no, 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 no. What's going on? I felt bad that Kent made us 16 minutes late, and so I wanted to make sure we, we made good use oh, of your time. Oh, now it's my fault. Because you stopped at the gas station to get drinks, and you thought, I wouldn't feed you guys. And we had chocolates and Diet Mountain Dew. What more do you want? That's true. It's true. Nothing. Yeah. And mini waters. Way to go, Joel and Kent. You guys are such disappointments <laughs> wow. to Dr. Okay. Matt Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm over it. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. Oh, yeah. good. But speaking of disappointments, I mean, this... <laughs> this uh, I guess we're not over it. No, no, no. But uh, the val- negative. Valentine's Day is yeah. a very big disappointing time for some people. For and, a lot of people, really. Yeah. And it's become this thing where there's almost as much of anti-Valentine's Day celebrations that there are Valentine's Day celebrations. Right. And it just feels like the world's getting... I, I hear... I don't know if you've heard this term... Galentine's Day, where the gals get together and go out together because they don't have dates. That sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's all the way awful. There's Dudentines. Dudentines. I thought it was Bromance Day or no, something like that. No, it's Palentines. <laughs> it's not Palent. Don't touch me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> what is with the physical contact? Hey, you're just so the, close. I've never hey, been this close to you. Put the pillow between you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. Freud that would just want looks the pillow weird. between you. Yeah. All right, already. Yeah. No, it is. It is kind of disappointing. In fact. Um, if you look at research, there is there are it's one of the days of the year where there are more hospitalizations or ER visits for things that have to do with sadness. That's true. Wow. Um, Obviously, Christmas would probably more be than Christmas. One, right? or, yeah. Um, Christmas is pretty high. Believe it or not, truth stats don't lie. I'm not sure what this means, but full moons and Halloween. But yeah, I mean, it's one of the days where people do feel down a lot. I'll be honest, from my own clinical practice experience, people um, feel shut out and left out if they don't have a a romantic partner. And what can kind of make it worse is people feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. And so they'll try to make a new acquaintance or somebody that they're somewhat interested in into more than it really is, <laughs> you know? So there'll be a lot of awkward moments. <laughs> Sorry, this, Just thinking this of someone week. maybe in this room. Uh, <laughs> the pillow's between you. I think it's fine. <laughs> but, um, but it can be a time it's gonna that be a different kind of touch next time. in their mind. Just like any holiday, you know, like Christmas, people are like, oh, it's going to be the happiest time and everybody's going right. to get along. And then you realize y'all hate each other, you know, that kind of stuff. But don't people generally see the Valentine's Day as kind of a produced, I guess they all are, Christmas you see for months and months in the store, but Valentine's, I don't feel like people feel the need to celebrate it. Like you don't need to right. really go out and buy like something like a Christmas gift. Except some people you do. It depends. I, I will I will tell you this. You just perfectly uh, illustrated the guy's point of view. <laughs> Perfect. Well done. She says she doesn't want anything, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> um, it... it it depends. You really need to know your partner on this because I've known a lot of people, uh, guys and girls, that have been really disappointed because their partner was like, "I didn't think it was that big a deal. It was on Wednesday, yeah, you know, or Tuesday this year." No, I will. I will admit that my anniversary is just right before Valentine's Day. Yeah. So we actually do all the Valentine's Day stuff on our anniversary, so we okay. don't have to deal with the reservations and the crowds and everything. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. works out really nice. And then, then when Valentine's Day comes around, we do like little fun stuff with the kids, like have you know. A little heart-shaped pancakes and, and stuff like and that. Valentine's Day changes a lot when you have kids, if you're of that age, right? Yeah. So I have I have four kids, and 
and it'll it'll be like I'll buy them some crap and leave it for them in the morning before they go to school. Exactly. Happy Valentine's Day. Exactly. So, yeah. so you give us the male perspective on Valentine's Day. What would yeah. the female p- perspective be? It depends a lot. I mean, I don't want to over gender stereotype because a lot of women. What do chicks no, like? Do it. What do the ladies <laughs> like? Um, a lot of, I would say, women that are. You know, you've been married for a while, maybe have some kids. They they may enjoy a thoughtful, you know, gesture. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, so you kind of need to speak their language. Like heart hands? That way. Is, that a heart, is that a thoughtful gesture? I don't think heart hands gesture? I'm not sure. I don't <laughs> <Okay>. think so. <laughs> need to work um, on this. You know, if you're playing a little bit of Kenny Loggins in the background like we were earlier, that would Highway count. to the danger zone yeah. with heart hands? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Why not Return footloose? to Poo Corner. Why not Footloose? Footloose, yeah, that makes Did sense. Did you just say Poo? Return yeah. to Poo Corner. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it on purpose, actually. What happens at your house. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> But you mentioned that you mentioned to speak their language. Does that mean, you know, love languages? Is that something that you subscribe to as a psychologist? In theory. Okay. So so the reality is that book, The Five Love Languages, is not a bad general guide for how to conceptualize um, how to connect or why we disconnect with a partner, to okay. be honest. Um, is also written by a guy who's not a psychologist and he's a preacher. And I think, you know, he's kind of overgeneralizing and not using a lot of research. But since then, I think the general idea is, Joel, if I wanted to connect with you, I need to know kind of what means something to you, right? Oh, and 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 do tell what what is your love language. Okay, so the five love languages are physical touch, gifts, words of affirmation, (laughs) acts of service. (laughs) Hey, I'm missing one. Quality time. Foot rubs? Maybe quality that's time. Five. That's five. Quality, yeah. yeah. And right. so my, but my wife and I, she was very interested in this. She wanted us to take the mm-hmm. test, and we mm-hmm. found out that she was uh, acts of service and quality time, and mm-hmm. I was gifts and physical touch. Mm. So two, two totally different ones. They are. And so, but then it was actually kind of good because now we have open discussions where, like, I would, I would mm-hmm. bring something home, like, look, I've got you this gift. And she's like, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. I just want to sit and talk for a while. And I'm like, but I got you a gift. Yeah. So start buying stuff for yourself. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Or have her buy stuff for you. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that's true. Actually, what you just demonstrated is exactly the way a person should use yes. that idea of the five love languages is as a jumping off point for discussing um, where each of you are coming from and then being willing to speak the other person's language. It's a good analogy in the sense that if we were talking about actual language differences, yeah. right. if you, you can't really connect with somebody if you can't understand them. Yeah. And so romantically or emotionally, um, a ton of us will try to speak our language to other people. So yeah. if a guy likes gifts and he thinks, well, of course, my wife's going to like gifts, and, and she's like, oh, thanks, you know, and you're, you're kind of like, well, I thought that would be more of a thanks, yeah. right? So you got to speak her language. And frankly, anything that happens good in a relationship is going to be reciprocal. Mm-hmm. So it can't just be one way. Both of you have to have the dialogue, talk about it. And be willing to do that. And so I don't think those five, the reason I say in theory is I don't know that those five are the end all be all to the languages a person speaks romantically or emotionally, but that's a good way to start carving it up. All right. All right, Dr. Matt. And and by having the chocolates in the room, thank you for speaking my love language. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Question for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, sociologically speaking, do you think Valentine's Day does more harm than good or more good than harm? Actually, that would be a good thing to look up and see if there's been if we can break down the word harm and, and operationalize and study it. Huh. Uh, that takes That's the true. romance right out of the day. But um, <laughs> uh, Honey, let's break this down. I would say it's probably, it's probably a 50-50. I would say it's probably a 50-50. If, if it does the right thing, it maybe prompts you to spend time together, to mm-hmm. focus on each other, to do things like think about and talk each other's love language and take... I think the best thing about Valentine's Day you can possibly do, to be perfectly honest... 
show and express gratitude, regardless of each other's love language. If it's a time for you to take take a minute to reflect on why you're grateful for your partner, and and share it with him or her the way that they'll hear it. Should we tell them they should be thankful for us? <laughs> well, I you mean, need to be given. grateful for me. <laughs> like, don't you guys feel like Valentine's Day is, is just a little too cliche? Like, don't you think? Okay, well, here's the thing. I've heard this said so many times. I think it's a cop-out when people are like, I don't need a manufactured day to show love. I show love well, all no. the rest of the year. I, and then they don't. It's kind of yeah. like when you were a kid and your mom was like, I wish I didn't have to ask you to clean your room. I wish you just did it on your own. It's kind of like with us. <laughs> I wish you just, I just wish you loved I me every day of the year. Last week, <laughs> about cleaning your room. And they laugh. You know, it's all about like loving them every day of the year, right? Or loving each other right. every day of the year. And yes, there's a holiday to commemorate that. But I where's guess, the harm? Like, it's it's like Christmas. It's like Halloween. It's a special day set apart as something to different dress and up. fun. Yeah, and you get dressed up, you go out, something you wouldn't normally do, and it's already built in. And I don't know why people fight against it so much. Well, because things are much more expensive. Restaurants, like you said, are even harder to get into. It's just a busy we get day. Into, full of- we get into Chuckarama every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Romance. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that we, makes me We can talk sick. about eating disorders next time. Um, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, empty. Yeah. <laughs> what? I would say the, the commercialization part, feeling the need. So here's where it's detrimental. I think if you feel like you have to go out and drop a lot of money on mm-hmm. a lot of junk, mm-hmm. so heart-shaped box of chocolates that people don't appreciate. <laughs> um, it's almost gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep giving you a hard time because no one can see it. It's full, everybody. Like, have you, have you actually priced out a greeting card lately? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, they're like four bucks. Yeah, they're $5. Yeah, yeah they're at Target. crazy. Or, if you go to all a dollar, they're a dollar. This chocolate's like <laughs> strawberry chocolate. All right, that take it easy. Good. Quit really chewing good. into the mic. <laughs> that looks like the strawberry milk Kent was drinking earlier. I, I feel like I spoke his language. <laughs> um, but so, you're right, like, even yeah, a greeting it, card is yeah, five bucks. That's, yeah, all, that's all I want to spend on a gift. Who buys greeting cards? You know, stuff that's disposable, like stupid stuffed animals and things like that. Um, I'm actually, I have a little wager with myself. So I have, a, I have one daughter, she's... 10 turning 11 on the 12th. So she's almost a Valentine's baby. Okay. And I'm thinking, and she loves it if I get her um, like a stuffed animal on, on Valentine's Day. But I'm, I'm guessing I've got one stuffed animal left. By the time she's turning 12, I don't think she's going to care anymore. But still, I see adult men buying, you know, like stuffed animals. Now, if that's your <laughs> wife slash girlfriend's love language, then you might want to rethink If it's one of those giant teddy bears, that's kind of cool. You no, know, it's not. It's more expensive. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> no, I mean, if they really like that, that's fine. Ken's looking at me like, crap, I got to get right, this. Right, I got to go to Costco yeah, right now. It's, um, all, it's all shock and awe, Ken. Just get the big one. But I, I really think going back to the idea of gratitude, and you can spin that with a different word if you like, but if you really think about the person in your life that you're in love with, and you take a time out every year to... Thanks for touching me, Joel. Two pillows. We're going to have to have two pillows. Um, <laughs> Uh, to, to show them gratitude, talk to them, tell them, express it. Frankly, this might be not just for the guys, but more for the guys. You know, take time out to really think about, instead of just saying, I love you, don't use that word as much and express what you are grateful for about them. Then it's maybe a great time of year, and, and if you go to dinner or whatever, that's fine. But I think the commercialization of it's pretty bogus. It's right up there with most of our holidays in America. Yeah. Right. There's very few non-commercialized holidays. I think Thanksgiving is the lone holdout there. Yeah, nobody got me anything for Groundhog's Day this year, though. What? Yeah. I, That's next. The, the greeting card section is really small for Groundhog's Day. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked a little bit about, I mean, Valentine's, but before we get into some of these other love questions, uh-huh. how, how would you, and this is kind of a stupid question that maybe only Hadaway can ask and me, 
<laughs> but but what is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> what a don't setup. hurt me. Yeah, what I a terrible no setup. I mean, there's no way not to set him up. As soon as I say what is love, it's over. It doesn't <laughs> I'm even matter. Disappointed that can't didn't get the yeah. Can't do the head bob. Oh yeah, head bob. That's all I'm after. Now we're talking. God, he's off tonight. <laughs> Have a chocolate, man. So is, is love, I mean, let me ask more specifically, right? Is this is this a chemical thing? Is it a... Dopamine and positive reinforcement. Yeah? I mean, if you want to be neurosciencey about it. Let's <laughs> talk about it. I, I kind of do. I mean, like, yeah. Well, yeah. So the truth is that there are certain regions of the brain that are activated, that are heavy in and rich in dopamine when a person is in love. So they've done studies. I can think of one at University uh, of Stony Brook in New York. And they did a study between like when, when a person says, I just met somebody, we just started dating, I'm really in love with them. And then somebody who says, you know, I've, I've dated my partner for you know, 10 years or we're married for 20 years or something. And I really, I'm really in love with them. So they're so mm-hmm. professed in love. And they see a picture of them, uh, dopamine rich areas of the brain light up in these functional MRI studies. And so what that tells you is, and we also know that dopamine is the neurotransmitter. That's Wait, so you're saying it's lighting up feeling. in both cases, both the Twitter patient and the yeah. 20 years yeah, down yeah. the road? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so that's that's pretty cool. So is Twitter patient love then? It is. Neurochemically, it looks very similar, although there are other areas of the brain that light up as well. But yeah, I mean, it's very similar. Um, memory areas and things, and, and you have a more uh, rich experience if you've been in love for 20 years versus 20 minutes. But that dopamine is kind of underlying a lot of that intense romantic feeling. Now, is that all that love is? I would say no, but you can't really have love without that. I also, I also heard a study that when you get like a notification on social media, Facebook or Twitter, yeah. that you also feel dopamine. You, you, oh, yeah. you get dopamine. Well, dopamine is, is associated. Dopamine is also highly activated when you're doing cocaine. So, oh, okay. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's that really intense, good feeling that comes. Is this from studies, clinical <laughs> studies? Or, I mean, how? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Hold on. I yeah. got to test this out, guys. <laughs> yeah. I wondered why you guys relate. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, and so I mean, and then and then the that's that's the neuroscience part, and the behaviorists, uh, behavioral psychologists and such, would say that you know a lot of a lot of love, or attraction, or commitment to to another person has to do with positive reinforcement. When you when you do something for them, or you you try to show love, appreciation, interest, and they bring them do, chocolates, bring them chocolates, right? And they reinforce that through how they you know smile at you, say talk to you, tone of voice, body language then you're much more likely to have this growing and reinforced attraction. So if you're dating somebody, even just on a one date in an evening, you might have hundreds of these little mini interactions that can either be reinforced or discouraged based on the other person's response. That almost sounds like a Pavlonian, Pavlonian response, though. Yeah, that would be classical conditioning, and this is more operant conditioning, but it's more hey. like a, it's, it's a reward and punishment system versus class, uh, Pavlov is kind of just pairing things together. Okay. You know, so, you know, we could make you fall in love with a, a ham sandwich if, if we pair I, it that the right take, times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> done and done. I do love a good ham sandwich. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. Toasted. All right, so is that experience, is it different between genders or is this all kind of the same? Like, is, is there any gender separation there? That Well, those things that we were just talking about are, are probably fairly general neutral, mm-hmm. gender neutral. Um, but I would say that initial attraction is definitely different for, yeah. for men oh, yeah? and women. Yeah. So? Well, I mean, men are truly uh, more visually attracted. Like it's, so it's we always, look. our eyes stay at the bridge of the nose at all times. <laughs> Yours might. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, purposely. <laughs> don't yeah, look down. Don't look down. Don't look down. Well, and then women are more emotionally um, 
attracted. And there are evolutionary explanations for that. So it's not just that men are pervs and women have a higher, you know, understanding of relationships. It would be from from a evolutionary survival of the fittest point of view, which if you go back to times of primitive man and you're a man and uh, your strong drive is to have your genetics continue on after you, then you need to find a woman that can bear children. So men typically, regardless of what they say in studies, tend to be more sexually attracted to women that have a particular hip, waist, and breast um, comparison size, larger, a little bit larger hips. So unlike perhaps what is portrayed in our current social media mm-hmm. and in a little bit smaller waist. So kind of that hourglass shape mm-hmm. tends to be overall more attractive uh, to men and they, and they won't necessarily in studies even identify that. They might just be like, Oh, I really liked her. She was, this one was more attractive than the other. But when it comes right down to it, you can almost predict that with measurements. It's a, it's so a biological function. Baby right. got back was actually this philo- <laughs> movement in philosophy. Yeah. Primitive man. It was actually translated from a cave. But, okay. then, uh, <laughs> but then how does the biological, the evolutionary standpoint work with the emotional level on, so for the females? Being taken care of. So oh. a man who demonstrates to her in her way that, hey, he is large and in charge. He can take care. He's commanding. Also would go back to kind of a primitive explanation that, um, you know, a woman who in a, you know, uh, let's not all be offended. Okay. So we're talking about primitive <laughs> living, <laughs> right. you know, and, and there are um, saber tooth tigers in my mind right now and, and, <laughs> and woolly mammoths and things. Okay. And so it's a harsh environment and a woman is smaller by stature. She wants to find a man that's large, tough, strong, commanding, can take charge and protect her. And the man wants a woman who can uh, also be strong and bear children and survive that process. And so we have wider hips and large and in charge men. Those poor weak people back then. I know. If they, they weren't strong, what hey, did they Darwinism, do? Darwinism, they died. No, no. babies. <laughs> the poor yeah. short guys throughout yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how do you explain Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and that kind of thing? I how know. does that work? They yeah. squeaked through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but that would be the explanation for initial attraction. I would say that there may be an evolutionary shift a little bit going on with that. And uh, men are certainly being more and more conditioned to... Uh, feel want to feel appreciated and have more of an emotional attraction. So you're saying we're getting we're getting soft. Yeah, in a way. Right. But I mean, in the that mid-section. might fit our um, that might fit our environment better. Hmm. Hmm. Makes sense. But will it ever overtake? Will the conditioning ever overtake the biological? It, I mean, if we understand genetics, then yeah, eventually it could theoretically. Okay. But it would be a while. Yeah. Um, I actually just thought of this as we were talking about you know Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and stuff like that. Yeah. Why, why do you think it is, and this isn't anything I, I brought up, this is kind of off the cuff, but yeah. why do you think it is that so many celebrity relationships fail? Like, why, why is that just a common occurrence that, you know, celebrities get together and they break up and no one seems to blink an eye at it because it's so normal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that, that the general um, answer for that is it's not really about love and, and, and commitment and real. It's more just overt sexual attraction. And more than anything, mm-hmm. it's probably just about... Um, what that person can do for them, huh. you know, the relationship status. And, and, and so that, you know, if you, if you could marry Brad Pitt, then you'd be seen a lot more. Yeah. And, and so there is a certain level of attraction and I'm not saying every celebrity goes into their relationship with another celebrity thinking that consciously, mm-hmm. but I think there are a lot of other drives that might drive them, you know, to, to do that. Like, unless it's Gwen Stefani and then it would be real love for me. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few of those as well. Wouldn't you say it's about time? 
as well. I mean, the fact what? that these celebrities don't spend time together. I mean, everyone. Oh, I thought you were giving the slogan there. Is yeah, about I, I was, time. but the, the fact that they are working on movie projects or you know, yeah, uh, with tours other sexy, or whatnot, incredibly awesome, right? People, yeah. right. And they just don't spend time together. You're in a heavily so. committed relationship <laughs> with this person. They're like, hey, make out with well, that person for hours well, on end. That's a good opportunity for me to plug a really boring book that I didn't write. And <laughs> do it. Um, Is it a Aaron, Nicholas Sparks book? Uh, no, I did write those. I'm the ghostwriter. I knew. Um, <laughs> Shame on you. Aaron Beck, Aaron Beck is uh, considered one of the founders of cognitive psychology. And so a very famous person, well-known. And uh, he wrote a book called Love is Never Enough. And in true Aaron Beck fashion, it's extremely boring. But feel free to go buy it if you want. I'll give you the Cliff <laughs> Notes version. And, and what his, his basic point is as a cognitive uh, psychologist is, you know, we, we get into loving relationships, romantic relationships through initial attraction. So some of the things we've talked about already, you know, mm-hmm. and then we find out what the person's really like. And if we've made a commitment to them, then our initial love, that romantic love is never enough to sustain a long-term happy marriage, that a marriage or a relationship actually takes work. And that's his point, is that you can, you have to know what you're getting into. So along the lines of what you were saying, Ken, maybe maybe two celebrities meet doing a project together, and they really are a pretty good fit for each other. They're, they're physically attracted. They like each other. They both have, obviously, common interests and talents. And so they want to get married, but then they aren't ever together. They right. don't really have the opportunity to do the relationship development, the work that it takes to have mm-hmm. a, to sustain and develop a long-term relationship. What a lot of people don't understand is that when you when you you, you get married or you, you you engage in a commitment when you're both at a certain place in time and then time continues on and you change and you develop and if mm-hmm. you guys don't do that together, if you don't purposefully do that together, then the chances are you grow apart. Makes sense. So the combination of that with the narcissism in the celebrity case yeah. is what yeah. dooms them. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. I do. I have a theory too, and it's mm-hmm. called. It's just the fame level theory, where if one, if a, if a celebrity couple gets together and they're both striving to be famous, and okay. one starts becoming much more famous than the other, they'll mm-hmm. inevitably break up. I mean, take uh, Gavin Rossdale and Gwen Stefani, uh-huh. where in the '90s, both of them super megastars, right? And then as she continued to grow her fame, and he did not, and he's a chump, right? He's a yeah. chump. Yeah. I feel like they broke up. Same with, uh, I was trying yeah, to but he one. was cheating on her though. Well, and that's just it. Is there's cheating involved too? But I just noticed that whenever one celebrity starts kind of pulling ahead in yeah, fame, I think that like problem. Jennifer Lawrence, if, Nicholas, if Holt. the relationship yeah. based on maybe some of these more superficial things, right? Which maybe to a degree, most or all of our relationships start out that way, mm-hmm. right? Like you're like, oh, we both really love Chicago, you know? And The and band it, or the city? You know, the musical. Why not? Both. No, the city can be <laughs> <a> break. <laughs> Chicago lovers. Not the city. I am the man. I can't wait for this fight. review. But like the Chicago city lovers, why? It's, it's cold. <laughs> it's windy. There are Deep s- dish pizza. Oprah lives there. There Imp- are 17th biggest audience in Impro- Chicago. <laughs> Improv comedy started there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. This, the river's green. All right. I love it. <laughs> but, I mean, most of our relationships probably start on those things that you talk about. So initial attraction, whether it's physical or it's emotional, common interests. And, and if that's all the relationship's really based on, it never really develops beyond that, then, yeah, sure. I could see how when one person takes off. And I don't think it just applies to celebrities, actually, Joel. Mm -hmm. I think it applies to anybody. Like if two people get married when they're in college and one person goes on to develop maybe a really interesting, satisfying career where they feel important and 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 successful and the other person doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think that can have a similar effect. No, that makes sense. But you talked about initial uh, initial meetings and the feelings that can happen there. 
So jumping into kind of a real topic here, I guess. Uh huh. Like in this day and age, how do you find people? Meaning, I mean, online dating used to be such a taboo thing and people were ashamed to do yeah. it, but now it seems so commonplace. Uh-huh. But it really is. Yeah. It's just a question of where Tinder, you- Bumble, you name it, Facebook. Well, okay. Let's uh, address the elephant in the room here. All right. Hey, Babar. Um, <laughs> Kent, uh, you're dating now. Yes. I actually looked over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> you, look, you look for Babar? <laughs> Why Babar? Why Babar? Because he's, ele- he's the only elephant I could think of a name for. <laughs> Dumbo? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, so Kent, you're dating. Mm-hmm. You're in the online world right now. Yes. How is it? How is it trying to find? How is it trying to find someone to date in it, the modern age? It is age? insane because I'd been out of it for 12 years, and we so we didn't do online dating. Like you said, it was taboo. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, there are multiple apps, not just one app, multiple. Well, it's apps. gone from online dating sites to apps. Yes. Yeah. And so and I haven't actually used the online dating sites because, well, I'm cheap and they cost money. There you go. <laughs> hey, ladies. Maybe. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not willing to pay for this. But there are these sites where essentially, and back in the 90s, it was called Hot or Not. Oh, yeah. And now it's called Tinder. And, and Matt, I don't know if, you, if you'd like to. I don't even know about the Hot oh, or well, Not. Yeah, so basically you, you judge someone based on... But it wasn't a dating site. It was, I, I it was mean, strictly physical. You know, like, I, yes. I don't live in a cave. I know about Tinder. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There we go. I so, talk to people about these things. Yes, you swipe time. left or you swipe right, right based on maybe maybe a short bio, but on how they look. Basically how they look, right? Yeah. Which that could go back to the biological very, urges. Very initial impression. And that can go for both men and women. The men would be focusing in on more physical looks, and the woman might be focusing in more on... Like, does this person look like somebody that would take care of me? Or yeah. And then if it's apps. Tinder, it's just like, do they look available? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty simple there. It's, yeah. yeah. So Are they available say, tonight? Would you say it's more shallow? Because using Tinder, honestly. You mean I, dating generally more shallow or the yeah, app is more shallow? Everything. It, it's made dating more shallow because I felt kind of heartless, kind of shallow while using this app. Well, you know? it's, I mean, you think about it, though. I mean, if you go to a bar or something like that, you're really just basing it off looks anyway. You're not, you're not even seeing a profile when you look at someone. Yeah, but it, it's actually, I'd say, harder to talk to someone at a bar than it is through text form. Like, talking to someone online, like, we can be whoever we want, yep. and they, they don't actually see you. Kent catfishes a lot of people. <laughs> Quite <Yeah>. a bit. <laughs> so, I'm a millionaire. Uh-huh. Just letting you know. Right, no, and your yeah. abs are amazing. They, thank you. <laughs> Put your shirt on, Kent. <laughs> no, so, don't uh, touch. <laughs> Stop rubbing my but shoulder. I mean, would you say things are, are more tacky? People are less honest now? Uh, I mean, Or is nothing changed? So, yes, but let, like, let's talk a little bit about the theory of it. So, in theory, so, and, and I will separate between like an, a dating website versus an app. There's okay. a big difference. Okay. If we go to a dating website, in theory, it's actually, it's genius. A dating website is? Yeah, absolutely. Because, it, it, theoretically, think about most of your friendships and relationships are based on geography. Oh, yeah. Right. In fact, the three of you used to work together at the same place. Yes. Yes. Geography. Right. A yeah, lot that's of true. This got, this touch got his, real. Touch his shoulder. <laughs> no, we don't know each that other. Was a cute I didn't do touch. it. <laughs> um, so that's pretty limiting, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go to a bar, or you even if you all go to the same university, there's twenty, thirty thousand people there. That's it. That's your pool, and you're never going to meet all those people anyway. And so, in theory, a, way, a dating website, if people were to go on there and, and give an honest profile about who they are, what they are, and if the website itself knows how to tease that out, if it's based on personality profiles and things like that that, that are genuine, and you were to, now all of a sudden you have this, just the numbers work in your favor. 
Like you can, you can see who you're physically attracted to. You can also see who you're, you know, like emotionally and kind of intellectually attracted to. You have similar interests and you can do that all in a very short period of time Mm -hmm. and then start to actually interact with them from a distance. So it's non-threatening and you don't have to feel any commitment. There's no financial or much, much less time commitment and all of that. So it's genius. The problem is people aren't as honest as they should be or could be. Um, it's really hard to even have the, the profiles that people fill out be not BS, you know? Yeah. And so, and there's a lot of people that go on there just for other reasons, not for genuinely seeking a healthy, happy relationship. But the people who do, I mean, I have known people personally who have met through dating websites through this process. Mm -hmm. They felt like it was fantastic, you know, and we, we, it was, we skipped all of that trying to find a person at a party or a bar or at work Mm -hmm. and all those awkward kind of unsuccessful times. uh, I mean, it's pretty awkward online too though, right? I mean, why? Because they're like, hi. And then they're like, hi. And like, so this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't mean, know. Kids, yeah, I mean, tell yeah. me. I My mean, pickup lines were kind of weird. Online. Yeah, what did you use? Let's hear some pickup lines. You got a little freaky. <laughs> um, no. Us, was that us, one of the lines? Yeah. Let's get a little freaky. <laughs> Things <laughs> are getting a little freaky. No, but honestly, you get to that point, you say, okay. hi, hi. So look, then if, what? If, okay, if Tinder, if we matched on Tinder, uh, a, you lady, a lady, if you and, and Dr. Oh, Matt, a lady. Okay. Okay. Matt, if you yeah. and I matched on I Tinder. I do need you to quit poking me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> People can still poke on Facebook? I'm pretty, pretty sure they so. can. Okay, gross. Don't pretend you don't know. I know. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. But if we matched on <laughs> Tinder, it would prompt one of us to talk right. to, to the other person. Right, and right. granted, talk to her. this doesn't happen a lot. But I would then talk and it's I'd like say. like your friend from junior high. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> I would say, hey, Tinder told me I should talk to you. How's it going? You personify Tinder. And then I'd say Tinder is that, watching. Then I personify Tinder. That, yeah. That'd make her feel really warm and fuzzy. Yeah. No, Tinder well, said I should talk to you. you know? Well, because well, it's just awkward. I'm honesty, awkward. If, if a girl got you because you're just goofing around mm-hmm. being yourself, wouldn't that be, that would be a time saver? It would be. Yeah. Absolutely. And if she thought you were a creep, then that's probably good for her. Yeah, I should probably I take away the aviators and the mustache <laughs> in the picture. But, <laughs> yeah. you know. Why? What? No. Oh, wait, it's not the 80s. I forgot. Um, no, right? but I mean, I mean there, so there, I, I'm, I'm setting it up to talk about the inherent problems with it. So obviously, right. there are a lot, oh, you guys are hitting it all on all cylinders. I mean, there are a lot okay. of problems. It, it can be very awkward. It's disconnecting. Many, many people, I think of my generation, are probably more comfortable in person. But the younger you get, I mean, I actually talked to a girl uh, earlier today. Uh, she's an adolescent. I, I work with a lot of teenagers and young adults. And and she said, I've never called a friend. What? I said, like, you've never called a friend on the phone? She's like, no. Never. Said, what do you mean? She said, well, I said, do you, like, not hang out with people and stuff? She's like, no, I hang out with people all the time. She said, I've literally never, she's never been alive during a period of time where there weren't cell phones and texting. Mm-hmm. And, and so she's much more comfortable in texting. And I was joking with her. I said, well, we could just text back and forth during therapy. And, and she was like, really? Oh, no. no. And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> uh, we're going to use people skills. But, um, but like a lot of the younger generation, people that literally are maybe in their late teens to their 20s and even early 30s, they might actually be more comfortable with the distance part, whereas people in their 30s and 40s and 50s definitely would be more comfortable with um, talking in person. So it can mm. be awkward, but it depends on kind of who it is and their, maybe their generational outlook on connecting with others. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I hate talking to people on the phone. Like, I don't yeah. like it, but I do it. Like, for example, I call my wife uh-huh. every day and she knows I don't like to do it. Uh-huh. Does she, she wants you to call but her she, on the phone? I, no, she didn't even ask, but I know that 
she likes to have that quality time. She likes to have, you know, much talk. Mm -hmm. And so I'll call her during the middle of the day just to, just to check in and see how she's doing. And it's my way of just kind of trying to speak her language. Thank you. When do you find time to do that? Like just at lunch or something? On the, like usually walks. Mm. I'll go to walk or something like that and give her a call. What kind of job do you have? You're walking around? (laughs) You're you're precious, Joel. You are absolutely (laughs) precious. But what I'm saying is like, I, I understand not wanting to talk on the phone, but at the same time, there has to come a point Talking when the face-to-face face interaction can be to inherently anxiety-provoking because you don't get all the other feedback that you get when you talk in person. So you don't get the body language, tone of you can't even you send emojis. Voice, but that can be yeah. What you can't? I don't know how we survived in the eighties. Um, <laughs> and 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 I mean, you get tone of voice, but that can be distorted. You don't get facial expression, body language. So a lot of people are very anxious well, about talking. There's about that, them. but there's also awkward pauses. And when you're texting, there's no such thing as an awkward pause uh-huh. unless it's just dot dot dot. Well, dot, and dot, 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 dot. when I'm on when I'm when I'm texting, I can text from anywhere. Like I can text from you know my desk or you know while the I'm bathroom. watching yeah, TV that's or what the bathroom gonna or say, something like that. Say the toilet. Yeah, I can't. Can't really call someone from a bathroom stall and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" You sure can, you can? You can. It's yeah, just awkward. No, can't would just wait I till we can murder there. you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what were we talking about? <laughs> just, <laughs> well, I just think phone calls in general. I understand the awkwardness of them, but yeah. even these people who don't have these, you know, face who don't want these face to face interactions. I mean, eventually, if they get in a relationship. That's got to happen, right? Well, you'd think so. <laughs> right. So the people that are in this situation, that they're all digital, digital age, digital communication. What's the best way? modernly to get to know each other. I, I mean, I actually am a big supporter of the technology, but eventually, like Joel was saying, to have a real intimate connection, there's still the human factor. So yeah. I think for a lot of people that are, um, for various reasons, inhibited, anxious, maybe maybe super busy, um, the technology is a good way to to start connecting with other people. Well, me and my wife, actually, when we first met, we were one of the few people in our Word that had unlimited text, uh-huh. and so we texted each other all the time. That's oh, how yeah. our relationship no wonder started. You got married, unlimited text. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> was it a nickel each time? We had a textual relationship. Oh my god. Hey oh. <laughs> um, but no, that really did kind of open the door for us, and it really was a way of communicating. See, but fact of life right now is Facebook stalking is huge to begin with. Oh, it's terrifying. Basically, you find out someone's full name, and then you're like, okay, give me a few minutes. I'll be right back. Let me suss you out real it is. quick. It's horrifying, oh, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And so you, you feel like, as someone in my in my spot, uh-huh. you need to put the best face forward. Granted, people are always going to be disappointed by the final yeah. result, but that is kind of <laughs> Facebook that's, as well. That's a pessimistic attitude. Oh, well, come on. But that, I mean, that is. I think a lot of the things about dating and relationships that are problematic in the olden days, pre nineteen ninety four, you are are magnified in in this kind of digital. Yes, um, electronic era. So, electronic. Am I eighty? Um, so, <laughs> so what I mean by gadgets. that? Yeah, you got these gadgets. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is like putting your your best fa- face forward. I mean that's kind of the dating face. That happens. I mean that used to happen anyway, and eventually people kind of find out your quirks and yeah. and and you can't hide. You know, unless you're a super good you know pathological liar. My dating face is a constant like smolder. But but <laughs> yeah, right with the aviators. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but like on but yeah, Facebook is is notorious for this and 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 pretty much everything. Where I mean, we all know the people on Facebook and Instagram that are just like if you took their life based on what they post. You'd be like, they'd never work. Yeah. They're always on a beach. Everything's amazing. Well, it, and that's the thing is, if you think about it, I mean, mean, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. And then you marry them and you're like, yeah, oh, wait. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I just thought about this because like in sitcoms and things like that, aside from The Office, 
most of the sitcoms take place like in the after work hours, like when they're at home and things like that. And you wonder like these people never work and things like that. And I think it's just kind of, uh-huh. that's yeah. when social interactions happen, but it's like, it's elevated on social media because they never, well, they shouldn't say never, almost never post the bad. They're right. always posting the good. I can think of a study. I wish I could remember the reference off the top of my head, but um, there, there was a grad student that did a study back when Facebook was fairly new still, and this was starting to become the discussion in social psychology of like, you know, misleading and misrepresenting and kind of projecting your ideal self, but never really being honest on Facebook. And there was this push back then where old people were like, you should be honest. Now nobody cares. But uh, he did this study, I think informally, but collected data and published it somewhere that um, he just, he just, he literally was just completely honest on Facebook. He made, I don't know, like 20, 30 posts a day. And he was just like, you know, picture of, of the fridge at work and, and his soda's gone. Somebody stole my soda. <laughs> you know, he would just say that, you know, he would just do that. And it turns out people were more interested in his posts. He got more likes and followers than the people who were just like, I'm on a beach again. Look, you know, you know, mm, all that right. kind of stuff. The mundane really got their attention. Well, I think it's because it was kind of refreshing. Well, the transparency, yeah. right? Yeah. It's transparent. It's a you know, voyeuristic part into somebody's real life. But yeah. I mean, I think tech, I'm a, so back to what I was saying earlier, I am a big supporter of using, Whatever means we have to get to know each other, but it should be like degrees of separation. So, you know, something like, you know, Facebook or a dating website, that's a farther degree of separation than actually, hey, let's talk on the phone and then Mm -hmm. let's spend time together. And then let's start to be real and honest with each other. Okay. So speaking of honesty. Yeah. Let's say. Such a lonely word. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're going on a first date. You actually get to the first date because we've been talking about the online relationship. Right. Right. How much should you hide about yourself? How old are you? <laughs> That's a personal question. Can we, can, can we expand that a little bit too? Because not only the first date, but like how much should be hidden for like on four months? Facebook well, as you start, like not, like all the all the build up to the first date and the first couple of months. And yeah. should anything be hidden? Yeah, that's exactly Do right. You want to lay all the crazy on the table first. What's your What's your goal? That's a good question, Kent. Uh, some action. <laughs> Never tell a truthful thing. If it's just about you want to kiss five girls, nope. No, clearly we're being facetious. <laughs> Are we? Well, <laughs> Dr. Matt's being real, though, here. Like, if, if it's all about action, then it's all about persona. Wait, so then what do you do if you're not being honest about yourself? Be whoever you want. Well, I guess my point is this. So I, I think we're making kind of an... Um, an assumption that as, as in the context that we're all talking about it, that, that people want to have a real relationship. Right. And if that's the context, then yeah, you should always be honest. I mean, it's, it's going to hurt. Like, well, honest, but then like how honest, like here's, here's everything dirty about me sort of on the table. Uh, like for example, like (laughs) there are degrees of intimacy, right? Right. In any relationship. So if you just met somebody and you know their first name, that's not very intimate. So no, you don't tell them all about, you know, your personal stuff. But the, you know, the more you, you close in the ranks on that intimacy, then the more and more you should be willing to take a chance and open up. Because the truth is, unfortunately, a lot of marriages are really unhappy because even, even then people haven't really divulged thoughts, feelings, mm-hmm. um, you know, beliefs. They haven't really gotten into that. And then you're stuck. Right. Yeah. And then you had, then you realize, I think there's a lot about him or her that I don't understand. And we feel disconnected and separated instead of taking the chance of saying, you know what, she believes this way. I believe this way, but we've been honest about it and we can overcome that. So I would say it depends. I mean, to answer your question, it, it's kind of like degrees. So okay. you, it almost sounds like what's your agenda. If your yeah. agenda is fun. I mean, yeah. If your agenda is Not like, I want to just 
go on fun dates with a sexy person and get some action. And that's probably what they want too. You're you're just playing a role. Please please take that quote out of context at the end. Yeah. Oh, I will okay. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then, but they, if you want, but if you want a more serious relationship, you open up a little more and become more real. Yeah, and I would say that that there is some appropriateness for that because I also know people where I'm kind of telling them to dial back their their Facebook posts. I'm like, that's eh, a little bit too much public information that should be kept, you know, until a until a person. Is show is reciprocating the same level of interest in you that you have in them, and then you're you're kind of on the same page with how much we're sharing, right? So I know some people will be on a first date and they're like, you know what, I don't want her to dislike me, so I'm just going to tell her all about my weird fantasies. This and is the girl me. is just like, whoa, this is <laughs> you're a creep, you know? Yeah. Um, and when in fact Hint? noted, right? <laughs> yeah, noted <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Write that down. Penguins. Um, what? But then, I don't know. It's weird. The truth is, if you you know, if you if you can kind of judge the situation and the level of interest and intimacy, then I, I think of it kind of like closing the ranks on circles. You know, okay. Like the closer you get, the more you should be honest. But the truth is, if you're holding things back, you're never going to have a real genuine relationship. And I mean. People always ask things, like to get to know each other, they ask things like, what's your favorite type of music? What's your favorite color? Yeah. You know, what's your favorite food? Right. Is that, is that a good way to get to know someone? What are, what are some questions you can ask to really get to know people? Yeah, food. Food's the, the, the favorite food. No, <laughs> He's all serious. I, I sold no, that okay, pretty cool. well, right? You did. Like, you did. You guys we, are like, wow. Yeah. For example, <laughs> let's say any one of us in a dating situation were to say, hey, what's, what's some of your favorite movies? And they said, well, there's this Adam Sandler movie that is so funny and, and then you're Boy. like, yeah, it's no, not no, no. It, the, the, those would Dylan be the, the, those would be the good Happy ones, Gilmore. right? No, but if they Wedding were like the uh, the Netflix ones, they're <laughs> like Mr. Deeds, Mr. Deeds, <laughs> the Water Boy. Yeah, the Water Boy. If a girl said the Water Boy, <laughs> I'm was okay with the Water Boy. Her you favorite movie, it. I would be like, you know, what? actually, your opinion is bad, and you are bad, <laughs> and I'm not, right. I'm not sure this is going to work out, ladies. Ladies, uh, <laughs> Kent is a movie critic. Yes. So Facebook stock him first. <laughs> And then find out what movie should I'm a little bit cynical. I I think you bring up a good point that if if you're passionate about movies, you can tell a lot about a person and their likes and dislikes. I think that's a valid question for you. Yes. But in general. I will say this, though. It also depends on the person asking the question. What are you after when you're asking these kinds of questions? If you're just trying to get them to like stuff that you already like, that's lame. So if you're if you're genuinely interested in the other person and and they're like they're they're saying lame stuff. That's lame to you. Like, what's your point? Is it? Are you just trying to vet somebody that you think is cool, or are you trying to actually get to know them? He's trying oh, to vet them for sure. Snap. Yeah. Wow, that <laughs> hits real hard. Actually, he's <laughs> on the couch. Boom. No, honestly, it would be to vet them. It would be to see yeah. if they can measure up to my opinion at all. Yeah, and then, and then the but then we could enjoy you. Christopher Nolan together. If she likes Christopher Nolan, I know she will be coming to that that next Christopher Nolan movie with me. Yeah, but you know how hey. many how many people might like Christopher Nolan? She's probably got better taste, really. Weirdos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. No, there are probably some weird people out there that like Christopher Nolan. Yes. Really weird people. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> people in purple shirts that are I'm tall. I'm gonna go home and watch <laughs> the Water Boy. I guess, I guess, um, wait, so interests are shallow. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying, what am I saying? I'm saying that the reason we ask the questions might actually be shallow, but yeah. the, the truth is if you think <laughs> about like enveloping circles of trust, mm-hmm. um, you do start on those outer distant circles of 
needing to have something to talk about. Now, if we want to be Jungian psychologists for a second, going back to your psychoanalytic undergrad education, oh, of course. right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And, yeah. We're all there. Um, and Carl Jung, right? I think I have a few. He, of you're books, holding right? his book there's earlier. Right there. Yeah, I was. There's, there's the other one right there. But Jung and other early psychoanalysts talked about how entertainment or art in general is a projection of who we are. So, so visual art, uh, stories, music, mythologies, whatever. So in our modern era, a lot of movies, television shows. So that's a projection of needs, wants, desires, interests. Mm-hmm. And so if you go down a list of, per, of person's favorite books, their favorite song, their favorite movies, in a way you probably are learning something legitimate about them. Hmm. Um, but is that where you stop? Well, hopefully not. I mean, it's about the hookup. Sure. You're just waiting for him to stop talking so you can, you know, go in for the kiss. (laughs) But um, if it's about relationship development, you have to think, well, I'm on that outer circle and and I kind of like what I'm hearing or I'm intrigued by it or I don't really like those kinds of books or movies, but I want to know why they do. And you try to talk to them about what they're getting out of it. And then you if you have that same conversation every time you go out on a date, obviously you're not getting anywhere. So you're saying I should actually care. <laughs> I think he, I think he's purporting sort of a selfless approach. Yeah. To yeah. selfish? Selfless. Selfless. Selfish. Selfish. It's a totally <laughs> different word. It's a totally different word. It sounds word. really similar. Well, well, yeah. And, and it can be, I mean, obviously can't with you. Entertainment is a very yes. important thing in your life. But, but why? Why is entertainment an important thing in your life? Getting it real. Is, it is getting real. Wow, this is uh, now. You want to lay down on the couch? Let's do this. Yeah. No. Let's I'll, no, do this, No, I'll if you lay down. <laughs> It's for me. It's a lot about sharing. I feel like if someone doesn't like the same things I like, I want to share them with that person. Yes, I want to binge watch that show with you, or I would like so to it's introduce a substitute this for band intimacy. To you. Yeah, in a way, you oh. want them. You want them to get to know you and accept you, and you're using a vehicle for that, which is the movie that you care about because you've projected uh, your inner Ken. It's actually Buffy. into the movie. Wow! Wow. This is good. That's good stuff. (laughs) Well, if that's the case, Mm -hmm. we're all guilty of that. Okay. Yeah, I would say we're all guilty of that. I just want to love myself. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) we can put the show on pause. But I was going to say, Kent, like if. If someone didn't like the same movies as you, I'm presuming, though, that you could get past that. Like, that's something you could get past. Yes. But Dr. Matt, I was going to ask you. Or they don't like movies at all. (laughs) Still, I think think entertainment's one of those safe zones where you can disagree and it's okay. Yeah. But what are, like, what are pretty common divisive topics for couples? Like, country music? (laughs) That's a great question. I like classic country, like 90s country, like that kind of country. (laughs) That's classic? Uh, Politics? (laughs) When can yeah, politics relative. be discussed? But I mean, like politics and religion, like if you have those differences in a relationship, child rearing. How do you how do you get past those? Those are pretty big issues. Well, again, that depends on the level of intimacy in your relationship. So the truth is, um, you just hit all the big ones that cause arguments between lots of people, including romantic partners. You mean right? country music? Yes. I mean, well, I mean, that's a special category of evil that we won't even go for. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. When I said classic country right. and I said nineties, I realized that was, yeah, yeah. I was being facetious. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, all three of those words don't ma- match. Um, but everyone um, loves Garth Brooks. Come on. Uh, okay. So does he have to come next time? <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I guess, I guess if you and 
your buddy from work or having a knockdown drag out about politics, that probably fits the level of intimacy in your relationship. I mean, you guys are work friends and you're talking about that. But if you and the person that you've pledged your eternal love to can't get over the fact that you see politics in America differently, then you need to really rethink, like, how deep is our relationship? Can't, Mm. like... Can't we take it to a deeper level of really knowing each other and therefore kind of look the other way, forgive and forget, or just understand where that person's coming from? Like if this person's coming from a very different political or religious or spiritual view than you are, then um, can't you kind of try to understand why they're coming from that? What is it doing for them? Like if a person has, you know, is... I won't even get into politics, but so you know what I'm saying. You yeah. know what I'm saying that that you need to try to take it to another level, or you might have to admit our relationship is stagnated on some still kind of superficial things, mm-hmm. unless that person uses the that vehicle of conversation like religion or or politics to determine their worldview and their behavior, and then you can't really get to know them at a deeper level. Hmm. Some people stop with their own self development on that. They they identify themselves as a Republican, as a Democrat, as a, you know, whatever, Christian, Muslim, and that's who they are, and they're not really trying to get to know themselves even more, then that can be a problem, too, if you don't match up. Oh. Wow. So, so communication, basically, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean some people aren't willing cliche. to communicate or think they right. have already communicated. Well, and, and the truth is, like, I, I think we just got, and this is something not even related to, to romance or love, but I think we got to the point where... You can't like people feel like they can't be friends if they disagree on politics, for example. Like right. people are unfriending right. people left and right. Oh, and I know it's it's an awesome war zone. It's, on it's terrible right, right now. Yeah, yeah. But I think to myself, I have friends that I disagree with, and they're still my friends because because right. hopefully your friendship is based on something exactly. That. It's, it's based on something else, and even though we disagree on that topic, we both acknowledge we disagree on the topic. We move around to other things. But a lot of people these days are not yeah. even giving it that. Well, anymore. I mean, I think I'm being really tolerant that he's wearing a Trump T-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to get to it know actually the inner says, Joel. It actually says Tramp. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, is it a tattoo? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well played. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Well, this is actually kind of a good segue into another question we had here, which is, what are some of the most important things to discuss when you're considering marriage? Okay. Cultural throwdown right now. So we live in a culture here in Utah where people uh, know a few simple things about each other and decide to get married because that's the culturally acceptable right thing to do. And everybody supports it. Everybody's family support it. We all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Yes, we do. And what I want to say is there ought to be more... Uh, connection along these lines before you decide to get married to somebody. Because just because you both share one, granted, very important worldview, like a religious worldview, Mm -hmm. does not mean that you're a good match for each other. And one of the things that we do is we take something really important like religion or politics, and we decide, or, you know, the band Chicago, <laughs> um, which I, I kind of hate. But not the city. I don't know why I keep saying right. that. What? Right. I love the city, though. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and the city's awesome, though, right? flopped on this. Well, I mean, I mean, the truth is, you know, Peter Gabriel left, and then it was just all downhill from there, and then damn Phil Collins and his hairline. I couldn't handle it. Okay, but <laughs> That's Genesis. City is, great. is that Genesis? <laughs> That's Genesis. No, I'm sorry, Chicago. Um, those bands are all the same, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in the 80s. I never listened to that stuff. Oh, so, come on. Yeah, I not on purpose. Anyway, I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. If I got those two ex- extremely different bands confused. <laughs> um, so goals by decades. What, so I guess my setup to this, I'll tell you what I think the things are you ought to discuss. But the point is people don't really sit down and discuss. I have this great friend from graduate school. 
um, she's Catholic and she, and she had gotten married shortly before graduate school. We were talking about marriage stuff and, uh, and she married this guy who I thought was kind of like, I met him. He's, he was kind of, um, different, mm-hmm. a little bit odd from her style. And, and we were talking about things I was curious about. I was asking some prying questions and she said, well, let me tell you, she said, um, I was, a, I grew up very active Catholic person. I wanted to get married in our Catholic church by our priest. And in order to do that, he was Catholic too, but not really active. And she said, in order to do that, we had to complete 12 interviews with our, our priest, which mm-hmm. culminated in kind of this, all the couples went on this retreat for the weekend. It was about, you know, relationships. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. And, um, I said, wow, I never did anything like that. Um, tell me what you guys talked about. And she said, it was fantastic because we both really liked each each other and we wanted to get married, but we actually um, delayed our wedding a little bit because we wanted to get on the same page as we realized these things were really, really important. So one, you know, they talked about what are our goals by decade? Like, like for the next 10 years, for wow. the 20 years, for 30 years. That like scares instead me. Of just being that intimidates like, me. Yeah, I can't stop scary. looking at how hot she is. We got to get married. Um, you're sitting there picturing yourselves at 30 years old and 40 years old and 50 years old, and 80 years old. And you're talking about what are our goals like? Literally, where do we want to live? What kind of family do we want to have? What kind of career do we want to be working? Do we want to be, you know, what do we want to be doing? And she said, that was, that was mind boggling to sit there because you're so in the moment when you're in love and you want to get married and you're worried about the caterers and all the events and yeah. mom is this and dad mm-hmm. is that, you know, so you're not sitting there and taking time. Another one is family. I mean, so you're saying everyone should take time to consider all those things for sure. I think it ought to be really discussed in detail, preferably, preferably with somebody that can help you as a mediator through that conversation. It doesn't have to necessarily be a therapist. So it should be formal. I think absolutely. It's actually kind of funny. So here in the state, they just passed something where it was going to be $20 more to get your marriage license because they're going to make you go to, I'm out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to live in sin. They're going to make you go to a marriage class, a marriage preparation class. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Communists, what's going on? Right. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, yeah, they don't actually make you go to any marriage class, but when you get divorced, you go to a mandatory divorce class. Right. And so there's no that's preparation. That's where you have to pay the 20 bucks. Yeah, that's where you pay a little bit more. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That'll save well, everybody what else. Got, what, what do you go to the class for? To, to learn how to be divorced or? Oh, yeah. To learn how to co-parent, yeah. essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there is no education that way. There is no of the Doesn't goal setting. does it make more sense to do it on the front end? So you I would have say to so. Get divorced? Yeah, I, I kind of like this twelve step yeah. program. No, I mean it's it's twelve steps. I don't know if that was for the apostles or for alcoholism. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, first step is stay, say you're sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second is to say you're sorry. That's, anger, that's and then just anger, and then death. Uh, acceptance, and then yeah, <laughs> then you're sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were saying family? I don't think though. You guys got that big stuff, right? But, <laughs> right. <laughs> But I mean, I think that in general, and I don't really remember all of the 12 things. I know that it was, you know, intimacy, sex, like, like not just sex, but intimacy. Family friendly. And no, what that are, is family friendly. What are your, <laughs> it's going to be because you're going to have sex. And what are your expectations? Now, that's a great question. Right. Like, like when you actually have to sit and talk to your partner or your spouse-to-be and you're like, well, what are my expectations about sex for this decade and for the next and for the next? Um, finances, like yeah. what kind of lifestyle do we expect to live? Finances is still, I believe, the number one stressor in in marriages. Oh, sure. Where where it's because it it, it damages security. Even with and the per- all current political climate, 
Well, I mean, Trump is the number one (laughs) damaging thing to relationships. We know that. (laughs) Everything's his fault. But I mean, number two are your personal finances. Somebody's gotten divorced already because of Trump. I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. Right right on the brink. Um, So, I mean, that's so so sex, money, family planning, you know, like what kind of kids want to have. That was my band's name in college. Career. um, Sex, money, family planning. What do we value, like career wise? Like um, some people are like, you know, what I value is a career that brings in a certain amount of money. I don't really care what it is, but that money will allow me to live a lifestyle. That's not necessarily selfish. It might just be their right. worldview. Another person might be like, you know what? The money part really isn't that important. I want to do something that I feel good about, that I contribute, that I can look back on my life and say, you know, I did this and it helped other people. Mm-hmm. And so, so the key isn't necessarily what's being said. It's are you honest? Are you talking about these things that really affect marriage over time? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, are you able to see, are you able to get on the same page? Now, that doesn't always mean you necessarily completely agree, but sometimes it's it's respecting, hmm. you know, the two, yeah. uh, re- respecting each other. Or seeing if there's incompatibility. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. And actually, a lot like this friend of mine, she has a really great marriage. She still does. Um, but she said it, it made them slow down their plans a little bit because they wanted to make sure they really both took it seriously. And they wanted to make sure, hey, you know what, we want to have a real discussion about each of these topics because mm-hmm. they started to see the value in it. And they said, we want to have a strong marriage. We don't want to be taking the co-parenting class a few, you know, years right, from right. now. Right. Yeah. And and I think that it's tragic that more people don't have those kinds of conversations before they, they enter marriage, especially, but really any kind of committed relationship where you're going to maybe have children or anything. And if people are already in a relationship, in a marriage, and they haven't had these conversations, it's not too late, right? You can still have those. You should. Yeah. You absolutely should. I kind of want to get to your point about families. Uh-huh. It's about time. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> like, were you going to talk about how when you marry someone, you actually marry their family as well? Oh, like, yeah. What yeah. kind of dividers yeah. there could be? Good get there, Kenny. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's actually a huge thing, and it is not to be underestimated. <laughs> like, the, the truth is, is completely there that um, you not only marry their family, but you, you have to see your potential spouse as a product of that family, for right. better or for worse. What and, does that mean exactly? Well, that we all carry with us tendencies of the family that we come from. And a lot of our traits may be developed in opposition to things we don't like about our family. But in the end, we kind of, like people usually get married in their young adult life, especially around here, where you're defining yourself. So you're kind of pushing boundaries, having new experiences. But then as you get older, you often sink back to comfort levels. Mm. And comfort levels, especially when you start having kids and having a career, you start going back to what your models were, and that was the family that raised you. And so if you're not constantly having conversations with your spouse, sharing goals about those sorts of things like parenting and careers and finances, then you're likely to go back to the common denominator, the least common denominator, which is the model you grew up with. Mm -hmm. And if you've had that conversation ahead of time, then what happens is you're kind of more prepared for the tendencies you might have. I'm not suggesting that tendencies from the families you were raised in are all bad. In fact, hopefully many of them are really good, Mm -hmm. but they can be quite different. Um, I'll I'll just do this at the risk of totally pissing off all my in-laws. So I have a, I have a, uh, a nephew mm-hmm. who is, uh, is getting married, and everyone's concerned because there are a lot of major differences culturally, um, age-wise, family style, background. These two people could not be more opposite, and there's not really an indication that those won't be big factors. Right. But they're not willing to talk about it. Hmm. Yeah, that's trouble. Yeah. 
right here yeah, in River City. Yeah, they're both kind of bullheaded and like, no, that's what we're doing. And, yeah, like, and the we, family we doesn't know each other how to and... talk to them about it. You know, it's like, well, I guess you're grownups yeah. technically, but you well, should listen to older that's, people. That's the funny thing about it, too, is that whenever people are in the thick of it, they don't want to listen to reason. It's because those dopamine levels, baby. Well, no, I, I'm I guess serious. it's, it's kind of yeah. like telling like a 14-year-old, you're not in love. You're 14 years old. Right. Come on, Romeo and Juliet. It's not worth it. Right. 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 That didn't turn out well. No. no <laughs> and really everyone, everyone that puts yeah. that up there is a high romantic ideal. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, they were teenagers, junior high, yeah. who killed themselves because yeah. they yeah. couldn't be together. But life expectancy right. back then Emo. was like 36. <laughs> so they were basically <laughs> middle-aged. Well, I know we're, we're, we're kind of running down on time, but the truth is... Um, uh, the conversations that we just finished talking about honestly shouldn't start when you get married. They should start, if you want to go to parenting at this point, these are conversations and expectations you ought to be instilling in your teenagers. They ought to be, as they're having their true love experiences mm-hmm. in eighth grade. Um, you're right. Yeah, you're, like, I talked to a guy the other <laughs> Did day. Did your voice just crack? Right. <laughs> I talked to a person the other day, and, and he's in like eighth grade or ninth grade. And I was like, so what's new? He's like, well, I have a girlfriend. It's pretty serious. Yeah. And I was like, wow, have you guys been going out for a while? He's like, yeah, actually, it's the longest relationship I've ever had. It's almost two months. <laughs> and he was like dead serious. To him, that was like, whoa, like yeah. six months, we'd be retired. <laughs> and, uh, it's like two school and so, dances like, you know, right but there. But yeah. at that age, when you're developing these these feelings and relationship and body patterns, hair. body hair, you know, <laughs> right. you're changing body. Um, <laughs> you, you really, as parents should start talking about what are your expectations for how to choose somebody to be committed to how to be married. So, so that when they get to that age, they'll frankly be more attracted to somebody that wants to talk about those things mm-hmm. and it'll be part of their expectation. And then what's a good way to show your kids, maybe your kids growing up at that point, like a uh, healthy, a healthy love, I guess. How, how do you... As, as a married wanna? couple, for example. Um, well, like a lot of French kissing. Is that what you mean? Like, like <laughs> right in front of your kids. Front of the kids. Yeah. Check it out, son. Use tongue. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So many quotes. Oh, yeah. I feel sick. So many quotes. I, re- I regret what I said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> modeling a healthy relationship, um, I do think that actually it is important for parents to model appropriate <laughs> physical touch and contact. Um, like date night? Uh, absolutely. You ought to see that you want to spend time together. Um, never putting each other down. I don't know um, how it's been for other people, but when you're married, sometimes you're not always completely in love with that person at the moment. You might be frustrated or upset with them, and it's important to not voice that around the kids mm-hmm, sure. um, and, and put them down or anything like that. Um, but I think more than anything, modeling interest, time, touch, um, kind words, uh, thoughtfulness, service, all those things are a really great way to model healthy love. You uh, just said patience. the scout law, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you didn't. Thri- uh, Under thrifty. one Trust nation. Especially the Henry Curtis kind of beat in triple yeah. duty, brave, clean, and reverend. Like he yeah. said, like ten of them. I don't have to know it because I only technically ever got one merit badge, and it's because I showed up on the wrong night. So <laughs> you got tenderfoot. Yeah, I, I got the tenderfoot, <laughs> yeah. but I only got the, I got the first foot. aid. So oh, okay. that was the, yeah. the French kissing one, right? <laughs> oh wait, no CPR. Sorry. All right, guys, let's move into a totally different phase here. Change the mood and topic a little bit. We're going to talk movies, media. We're getting out the dark do we do that? Out. We haven't done that for like four the dark weeks. Here coming now. <laughs> Can we talk about another season? Yes, we should. <laughs> Autumn. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a great show. What's up, Autumn? We're about Autumn. Hey, Autumn, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we've got different movies and things. Here, here's, here's one of the first questions, right? Okay. When it comes to romantic movies... Mm-hmm. Are these, are these messing us up like mentally, like during, especially during like 
cognitive development or like emotional development where we think that we have some sort of expectation of yeah. what happens in these okay. movies. Well done. I like the way that question was phrased. Okay. <laughs> development. Yeah. Positive reinforcement. Um, yeah. Yeah. Development's really important uh, as far as, so you, you're at a young age uh, if you're an adolescent and, and the adolescents are particularly prone to want to watch romantic movies because they're having those experiences for the first time. And what's portrayed in a lot of romantic movies isn't reality. It's just really that initial puppy love romance sort of thing. And then things always turn out well in the end. Otherwise, of course, right. You know, running in Romeo an airport, whatnot. Yes. Yeah. Oh, always, yeah. always. Right. There's always a chase at the end of a rom-com. Is there? Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. There's yeah. a chase and it's usually the guy chasing after the girl. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't watch enough of those, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that if that's where your development stops, then, yeah, you're going to be the 30-year-old guy buying the teddy bear for your girlfriend on, on Valentine's Day. You're not going to get it, right? right. Um, but I think that's fun. I mean, I think it's kind of fun if it, it hitting you at that age. If you're in your 20s, then listen up. You, you, the, those, you need to mature beyond that. Mm-hmm. And then all the stuff we've kind of talked about with kind of service and sacrifice and doing for your spouse and all that kind of, that's really where love takes the work. So the romantic comedy is kind of like how the door opens on a relationship. Mm -hmm. But then if you want to have a long-term relationship, that's the work part. That's growing together, speaking each other's language and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, to answer your question, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like cable guy, if that's that's your worldview, <laughs> is, is, is raised by does that the, really count? TV? Romantic All comedy, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it kind of does. I like, don't I like you drop want the movie somebody references. to love? Oh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it, the potential is that it could create an well, immature view of of love. And I feel like it's different for every era, every generation. I mean, what five years ago we had Twilight. Uh-huh. And a lot of these Ugh. weird cougars would try to make yeah. their husbands or or partners act out an Edward scene. Kent, don't bring your personal what life into this. <laughs> we told you so many times, Kent. <laughs> we don't care about this so story. I told you I'm not going to bill you for this, but if you keep talking that way. <laughs> so the reason I bring this up, the glitter is still on my skin. Yeah. Well, but yeah. the Twilight, I feel like, was one of those horrible examples of romance in film because it was an abusive relationship and in literature man Holy yeah cow. and i just feel like it was one of those bad examples but hold on back up though what in defense of twilight <laughs> oh, this, this can't go anywhere good can it joel is dumbfounded okay, so right I'm, now I'm, 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 he's got no, the shovel and he's digging I'm his own grave at this point for this hour but I, go ahead. I truly have a theory about twilight i call it the lowest lane complex Bella is the standard girl. Any girl could be Bella. She is your anchor, right? Edward is literally, and don't think of whatever shovel face, but Edward as a the novel character is the perfect man will live forever and yeah. wants to make her do the same. He reveres this average girl. Don't you think that kind of goes back to that whole... You well know, said. old caveman style. Yeah. Of and so he says, that. you're mine, you're no one else's, I'll so, beat up anyone that comes so around you and I'll stalk you at That night. would explain why Twilight, as far as I know, was much more popular with women than Kent's, men. Right. Kent, because the, the woman is able to project her inner desires and hopes uh, that are kind of kept secret into the character um, because of exactly what you just yeah, said. Yeah, like the perfect being will hold yeah. you up. And you put feel you up average, to the standard. but then this, this perfect kind of godlike being... Loves me. I think that's why it rings true. Yeah. Rings true? Wow. Yes. The only, the no, only absolutely. movie I think I ever saw was the one where 
Like it was, it was kind of like Alien, where the crazy baby came out. Yeah, oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah. Like that's, that's the, the only one nice. you saw. That's like the last that's one. The best is that, one is it? <laughs> the one where the wolf fell in love with the baby. Yeah, yeah, or need, something. Yeah, you need to I watch it with riff tracks. They're really funny with riff tracks. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I really don't. I have other things to do. But yeah, yeah, but I'm sure it's funny. <laughs> okay, so what? Like, let's say, like Jane Austen, for example, did they have a negative impact, or was that maybe more positive, or did it have an impact back in the day? Well, I think I think to the a degree, all of these sorts of Things may be projection and escape, right? So, yeah. so it's a, it's a way to escape the mundane of your regular life. And Jane Austen, as far as I know, didn't write books about like people that lived boring lives. They were all aristocrats, and you know they're living in this. And so a lot of the you're looking at me like I don't know Jane Austen. I did read <laughs> no. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> okay, yeah, yep, there that go. counts, <laughs> right? And both the comic and the novel version. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that does it hurt? Again, it's kind of like if a person can't reattach with reality and feel in control, then then people can overescape in movies, and then it would it would mislead them yeah. and make them more disappointed in their intimate relationships for sure. Well, and you said you, you don't watch a lot of romantic comedies. Do you have a favorite one that you actually do like? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's a bromance movie, and it's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know the singing in the rain part. That's good. Yeah, yeah, good that stuff. Works. Uh, Wait, Rain Drops You Can Fall Out of My Head. That's yes. it. Yeah, yeah. obviously. I, yeah. I'm full of crap. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Chicago sings that. Do I, I don't really... Uh, I would have to say like true, full on... Because um, you guys gave me this question. I thought about it. Um, and I really thought the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid joke would go over better. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's a great um, movie. Now yeah. I want to go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> if I had just nailed the song. Can we go back? I don't really love those, and I don't know that I ever have really liked romantic. Does comedies. your wife like them? Not really. She she likes dramas and um, and probably she'll watch action movies with. She hates sci fi, so I don't mm. know why we're married. But um, <laughs> but Ferris Bueller's Day Off is what came to mind. And All the, right, the, the reality that, that is. is is because like like the the it's a young immature high school relationship. But I mean, as a kid, I always liked the fact. That Ferris liked um, Sloan, Sloan Peterson that much at that age. Like he was like, I don't care what she says. I, you know, like I know you'd be the only cheerleader with a husband. And as a kid at that age, watching that movie, mm-hmm. um, I was like, I want to like somebody that much. Yeah. So if if that's a romantic comedy, which I think it's a, it's not necessarily, but um, <laughs> no, but that would agree. I mean, that would that would be that actually is that one of my favorite my movies of all time. And I would say, yeah, I still want to like somebody that much. But right? it seems That's also cool. he has a plan, too. Like, he's already talking about, you know, this right. is where I want to be. This is where we're yeah. going to be. So it seemed yeah. like it was like a mature love in an immature he, setting. They're Catholic, and they just finished that 12-step. <laughs> oh, sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Then you're, then you're green lighting them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in, in movies, what do you think, or where have you seen love is portrayed really, really well? And, and the opposite, too. Like, when, when have you seen, like, wow, that is the worst? And maybe we already have that with our Twilight talk, but... Uh, <laughs> that could be it. That's a great question. I don't, I don't, you guys talk for a second. Let me think like if you have well, it's a good example. Okay. okay. For me, I really, I, in granted, I, uh, you're going to say guy, 500 days of summer, 500 days of summer. I knew it. <laughs> it is, it is the guy, which, which one is that? It is Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. I never saw. Oh my goodness. We you are probably should have to watch it's, this. Yeah. Well, the title's 500 days of summer. It doesn't sound like they're sword fighting or lasers. So <laughs> <laughs> there, I'll, I'll, there I'll, is a musical number. If that helps, no, I will. And he really. looks in the mirror and he sees Han Solo winking back at him. I'll watch it. Okay, good. <laughs> He's in. But I've always loved this movie because as the guy in this movie, it's basically this kind of, uh, he's a pansy, right? He is the pansy mm-hmm. of the movie, and Zoe Deschanel is kind of the strong character. Right. And he falls for her very hard, and she says, I just want to be friends. 
And then, and she never changes that. She's entirely constant, but he gets more and more into it and then gets his heart broken and tries to get over her for a very long time. And I'm, I've always hated her, but then the more I watch the movie, I go, no, she was honest about this entire process. Mm-hmm. This kid just kind of got swept up in it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is a, a good representation of, I mean, there's some fanciful things, there's a musical number and whatnot, yeah. but I feel like it's, it's pretty good in terms of, you know, how relationships how can go. End? As, well, he meets Autumn. <laughs> no, yeah, not well. No, they don't. Do oh, they, not not well do for they them. Up? No, no, no. no well, I mean, no. like they're they're together for well five hundred Spo- days. Spoiler alert, right? And okay. uh, yeah, this is full spoiler now. But yeah, yeah summer's not that long though. No. Uh, her, her, her name's name summer. Is summer. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I should have said that. Alliteration. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <boy. laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, they don't end up together, and she breaks his heart, and yeah. Yeah, that sucks. What kind of romantic comedy is Dude, this? Dude, this is what I get into. You think because it's real. La La uh, Land, for example. It's don't a, it's get a, me started on that. I don't even You've seen see that, that one, though? No, oh. I don't. I, <laughs> I have it in the car. I'm so sick of people telling me I need to see La La Land. You need to see La La Land. Oh, jeez. He's going to bring it in. Where's the TV? So La La Land, I'm not going to ruin it totally. Because I'm not going to see it, but go ahead. <sighs> there's lasers. <laughs> you would not believe. Yeah, there's lasers. There's Floyd. There's Dancing in the Stars. There's a planetarium. Yes. There is a planetarium. No, but it's it's about love and following your dreams. And sometimes your dreams are not consistent with the love you found with one specific person. And so which okay. path do you follow? Yeah. And I really think that's a great kind of like choose your destiny sort of type, sort of movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. See, see, this is, I, I, I <laughs> okay, apparently like okay, these movies. I, I'm going to self-analyze right now. The reason I'm having a problem with this is because I actually think as we're talking about it, when you talk about romantic movies, there are two flavors. There's the one you'd like to have, and then there are real relationship movies. So maybe 500 Days of Summer, the way you're portraying it, is more realistic, that she was honest with him the whole time. She just wanted to be friends. He fell in love with her. It wasn't reciprocated. It sucks. Does he literally go from a girl named Summer to one named Autumn? Yes. Oh, I got to call the person that wrote that. That is lame. It's beautiful. <laughs> but, no, because the calendar starts over. That's like some junior high kid wrote that, right? <laughs> so um, genius. Jeez. <laughs> um, that is pretty trite. This, right. therapy, <laughs> this uh, therapy session is taking a dirt was, Wow, I'm Was pissed. his name Augustine? Oh, wow. Um, so I, I, guess, like, I guess it depends on what you want out of the movie. And, and so you and I have talked about movies a ton in different formats, yep. Kenny. And I am a big believer in the fact that Movies, um, movies serve a purpose for the person, and it's, it's a projection of what you want and you need. And so if a person needs to feel validation about how a relationship really goes, then they might really love that, that movie, and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people are kind of like, that's my damn life. I like the girl never likes me, and then I end up with the ugly autumn girl, and, and I, I don't know. And I don't know. She's probably cute in the movie. She right? is very cute. Okay, who's she played by? Uh, Minka Kelly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Anyway. She's very um, attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel probably married the quarterback. And so, you know, like, like my point is it depends on what you want out of it. If you want to go there and kind of enjoy the – the, the fantasy, then that's probably, you're not going to love those kind of, and you might be prone a little bit more to the other, to the ones that always work out well in the So end. fantasy would be like how to lose a guy in 10 days where it's just hijinks and then a chase. I know you didn't see this. Have you seen guys. any, like what romantic <laughs> movies have you seen? What, what, like what's, what's the field we can work with here? What is a romantic movie that's come out? Like what's a, like pretty the, women, they don't pretty make women back in 1991. Okay. Serendipity so every, returned to me while you were sleeping. So let's, let's do actually. I saw while you were sleeping cause I'm old. I yeah. Saw yeah. That's fine. Woman. That one too. Yep. Um, Sleepless in Seattle. What, what Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah, I saw that. 
Um, uh, Loved it, apparently. What, what's the say anything? Yeah, say anything. Yeah, say anything. Right, yeah. He just um, did the hand motion yeah, for the yeah. boom box. She gave right. me my heart. I gave yeah. her my heart. She gave me a pen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. None of them, none of them work for better you. Better off dead. Aha. Uh-huh. Are those more fantasy movies then? Than anything you turn well, off your brain. They're idealized. Okay. Right? Maybe they're they're idealized, but they don't have to be fantasy. I shouldn't have said that because there are a lot of people that have very fun romantic relationships and stories about how they got together and then they do the work to keep that going. Um, but you never see you know, that movie. Some people though. which one? You never see that movie of the work to keep it going. Well, there's got to be like <laughs> that'd be a know, great movie. Like yeah, right? some boring movie that <laughs> no, they show. No, if you think Broadway. about it, though, you brought up before that almost all these romantic comedies are the initial phases of a relationship. Right. And they usually start with them mm-hmm. chasing McKay. We're going to start a relationship, yeah. but they don't get into the long-term stuff. Yeah, and I think a lot of people maybe are struggling with their relationship, and they want they don't want to go see the reality. They oh. want to go see it turn out well. Do you know what you, one you should see? You should see uh, About Time. About Time is great. It's well, a, who's, who's that it's a, not really a romantic comedy. It's, 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 that's the, it's a, a lot of things. It's, that's the thing is, I, I, I think I put my review is it's not a love story, it's a life story, because it shows the progression of relationship, but there's a sci-fi element. Like Benjamin Button? Because there's time travel. There's t- it's a bizarre mix. It just it's really right good. over my bench. Time travel <laughs> and Margot, Margot Robbie and time travel. That's Mar- all you need oh. to know. And yeah, Margot Robbie. So I'm in. Yep. yep. And and the time travel <laughs> and then Han Solo's in it. No, that's 500 Days Summer. No, Han Solo isn't he like who? No, that's not. No, but the guy. That's oh, a different one. The guy is on, in Star Wars. There's Star- a guy from Star Wars. Uh, General. No, he's the redhead General guy. General Grievous. No. Oh, wow. In the new one. In <laughs> General, Grievous, General Grievous is in about yeah. time. <laughs> He's wielding four well, lightsabers. I missed this movie. They tried. They time Can traveled. we make that movie? General Grievous. Bring him back. I'd fall, watch that. He falls in love with... Uh, with What's uh, his name? Oh, Domino, it's Domino Gleeson. No, I can't remember yeah. his name in, in Hux, episode seven. or something like that. General it doesn't Hux. matter. General Hux. 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 What are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, you know, okay, you know, so I'm out now as somebody who doesn't watch romantic movies. And I, I bet you that's probably because my wife doesn't really love romantic movies. I, in fact, it's it, we, we broke up with this couple, I think. But for a lot of years, when back when we used to do radio, mm-hmm. remember back in those days when there were radios? For you kids that don't understand what a radio is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look it up. Uh, Google it. Um, but we used to go with this couple on, on Valentine's day and we'd go out to dinner together Mm -hmm. and then the guys would go to a guy movie and the girls would go to a romantic uh, movie. That's that's how we did it. We did it every year and like for like three or four years in a row, I'd go on the radio and we'd report. But this didn't work out though, apparently. No, I think it's because my wife doesn't like romantic movies. She's like, (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but does she like real life romance though? Does she like those romantic gestures? All the romance she can handle. (laughs) I mean, does she Um, like the romantic (laughs) gestures, like the flowers and things like that? No, no, that's not her love language. Her love language is definitely more, um, you know, acts of service, things like that. Now she doesn't. So it's, it's, it's a good cheap date. It's funny how they do that counter programming though. Like for example, this weekend or really any weekend you have like a John Wick right before Valentine's and maybe a Nicholas Sparks or 50 shades movie Mm -hmm. that same weekend. Mm-hmm. One for the ladies. How was that Fifty Shades? Was that romantic? <clears throat> I uh, I'm recording here with you instead of seeing that movie. <laughs> true true story. John Wick though, freaking awesome. Yeah, but, John Wick uh, too. You like that yeah. one? Oh yeah. Good. Seriously, when did you see that? Last night, man. The first one's so and good. So the truth is, I'm saying, oh yeah, but that's the kind of movie I would want to go see. Yes. And I don't mind being kind of open. I mean, what do I do all day? I sit in my office. I talk with people. I love my job. I really do. I teach at the university. I do all these different things. I'm, I'm never shooting people and blowing things up and using lightsabers. And so that's kind of what I want when I go to a movie. I want to see, I want to see um, you know, uh, Ted, you know, kick some butt. Yeah, right. Makes sense. You mean Keanu? Yeah. <laughs> Not the kitty. 
Um, what, is it, he was Bill or Ted? He was, he was Ted. Ted. Yeah, I got it. Ted. No, I'm saying because uh, he was on Amish plantation, so he never watched yeah. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just referring to John Wick. <laughs> okay. so so he, he could tell us what a radio is. <laughs> okay, so maybe not romantic <laughs> comedies or anything. Well, let's talk about music then. Okay. What would you consider to be the most romantic song of all time? The actual answer is probably whatever created those feelings in you when you're an adolescent. I'm sorry. You're wrong. It's Careless Whisper by Pam. <laughs> it's <laughs> not Careless Whisper. Given, I, I think we have the People magazine with George Michael out there. It's Endless Love. Endless what? Love. No. Yeah. No, it's it's I, Savage Garden, like, obviously. You've been brainwashed by Happy Gilmore. It's Endless Love. <laughs> or is <laughs> well, it Billy Madison? Pretty good. I get it mixed up. Um, but I, I would say whatever, what when you were first having romantic feelings, and, and that was kind of the... Um, the, the initial drive, and you weren't actually dealing with developing real relationships. So you're a teenager, you're a mm-hmm. young adult maybe, and whatever music you listened to at that time that was associated, so back to Pavlov, there's the connection, right? right. Um, so if you were listening to Endless Love while you were dancing below the aqua-colored no, balloons it was, it was in the gym. Everybody hurts. <laughs> yeah, everybody hurts. Wait, that's not a romantic, romantic song, song at all. Then why yeah. did they play that at every junior high Because it was the only slow song they had back then. Yeah. Um, Hold so, on. Oh, man. And, uh, Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. <laughs> We're getting to Chris Isaac in the Chicago. <laughs> Is that you don't get a pick the yeah. I don't want to fall in love. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's Careless Whisper or Wicked Game, sexiest song of all time. Wow. It's not Careless Whisper, that's for sure. Oh, come on. I guess it's Wicked Game. Okay, you need to eat some more dark chocolate. <laughs> just, yeah. just rethink I'm not your saying life. those are my romantic songs. I'm saying those are, yeah, those are objectively. Are. Yeah. I think that... It really is personal. What's romantic is probably with your memories. And when you were first having those feelings and you, you had a crush on somebody and, and that, that music was more important, you know? It's also yeah. who you're sharing it with, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Joel, Joel, I, I kind of want to know yours. Well, well, I think we could do a whole other show about romantic songs. So, I wanted to save that. You want to save it? Yeah. All right. All right. What a tease. Man. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> I know. Tease. I know. This is like a whole show on what you're going to oh, say. I have, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. When I had, uh, I used to create these tapes, mm-hmm. cassette tapes, kids. And on mm-hmm. one side, it'd be all the fast songs. And on the, the B side, it would be the slow song. So if I was on wow. a date, I'd flip it to B side and have just playlists of these great romantic ballads. That's exactly what I did, too. <laughs> um, like I, would, I tried to explain to my kids the other day like how many endless hours I probably spent making mixtapes. Yeah. They just looked at me like I was a total like, idiot. I just made a playlist right now, Dad. Yeah, I made a playlist I just, right it now. It only took me like six hours. My Spotify is doing it by itself. I actually... I, Awkward story, really fast. Oh, whoa! Like I, uh, I known my my wife like a couple of days, and I'm I'm driving her to drop her off at her apartment, and the the radio's on, and the song starts playing, and it's uh, feel like making love. Oh, right! <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> who sings that? I can't think of it suddenly. <laughs> yeah, and and like so, I'm like. How long do I let this play? Right, like, do, do I turn it down awkwardly? Do I just that ignore bad company? it? Yeah, bad, bad company, bad company. Yeah, and so like <laughs> partway through, and something like, I'm sorry. She's like, Oh, thank heaven, turn that off. <laughs> All right. So as uh, as we're rounding off here, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into what are some of the, the good and bad signs of a real era? Good signs. For, uh, wait, how oh. am I trying to say this? Signs of a good relationship, signs of a bad relationship, just and then wrap it up. and then the, yeah. and then maybe some advice on handling relationship advice. Those those relationships, yeah, mm-hmm. for strengthening relationships. Um, I think it does go back. I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but maybe I'll try to fill it out a bit. I mean, it goes back to communication and effort over time. It, like the suckiest thing about realizing reality and that everything worth doing, everything worth having, takes work. And I, I think that's a basic principle. If you put time and effort into something, you're more likely to get something quality out. Mm -hmm. And so despite all this romance and movies and music and why we get together and who's hot and all that kind of stuff, 
a sign of a good relationship, frankly, is effort. And, and one way of showing that effort is communication. So do you want to have a good relationship? Are you putting in the effort? And are you willing to talk, listen, not jump to conclusions, not be defensive? Use, I mean, I teach people reflective listening. It's very cliche, but it's the idea of instead of just getting ready with my answer, I listen and reflect back so the person feels validated. I mean, those are signs. I mean, if you, so psychologists often study what's wrong in human nature, but a lot of psychologists spend their whole life studying what's right. And so if you look at some studies on like, hey, We've got these people that are self-professed happy couples and they seem to meet the criteria. Let's study them. Mm -hmm. One of the things they find out is that they're willing to slow down and use reflective listening in their conversations. They want to understand the other person more than they want to give a rebuttal. What'd you say? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, we are done dating. (laughs) Do not swipe me on Tinder anymore. Let's go exclusive. Um, (laughs) That should be your dating service right there. Done dating. Done dating. Done dating? Yeah. Yeah. It was not a very <laughs> successful app. Um, but um, it's but, just, you keep swiping and it's just him over and over and over yeah. again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what's another? Here's, here's one that you may not expect. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier, and that is self development. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that we're talking about developing a relationship, and that is key. So being willing to put some of your stuff aside in order to listen and try to, to connect with your partner and continue to be interesting. Uh, interested in each other, but being someone who's worth being interested in. So when we first get to know each other, the person is interesting. Like you don't know much about them and you're finding out their likes and dislikes and you're like, yeah, okay, they like Garth Brooks, I guess. And they're pretty <laughs> hot. You know, there's like this ratio to, you know, hotness versus I'm more of a music, Chris Gaines you know. guy myself. I don't know who that is, thank goodness. And, <laughs> it's uh, Garth Brooks. Yeah. Is that his name? He had an altered persona. He doesn't matter. Matter. want to know that. Right. <laughs> he's a superhero. Um, <laughs> like Garth Brooks, man, wow, he's an egomaniac. Is he vice president now? Um, and uh, so I would say part of it is like, are you willing to continue to grow and develop as an individual so that you continue to be somebody that your partner is interested in? Like for the very purpose of, I want to continue to be interesting, sexy, attractive to my partner. Like, am I willing to do those sorts of things? So not too much codependency, right? No, yeah. Code, like, so a lot of people overemphasize the relationship part, but there's also the individual development part. Yeah, you have to be willing to say, you know what, if she was interested in me when we were 25 and she was getting to know me and she thought I was cool and all that kind of stuff, and am I still interesting? Like, mm-hmm. am I, have I grown in the last 10 years, 20 years? Have I continued to be somebody that is learning new things and is kind of somebody that others would show interest in? Now, she, you know... She has to do what she wants to do, but are you putting in the effort to continue to be a quality developing person that she would want to be interested in? Hmm. Because I think a lot of us, you know, will get to points where we're like, I don't know why they don't think I'm interesting. And then you, you realize I'm not even interested in myself. Like, mm-hmm. okay. like I've been doing the same nonsense and I haven't grown. Right. But I also think that a lot of it has to do back with that idea that love is never enough, initial romantic love. Um, what are some bad relationship uh, indicators? Secrets. That's always a bad one. If if you um, if you feel like you can't tell your partner something mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis, I mean, there may be the occasional like you know credit card receipt. Um, but right. <laughs> like no, I mean, like in all honesty, are, are you hiding things? Do you feel like you can't talk to them openly? Do you do you want to you know deceive them in ways? That's a, that's a huge indicator. You have major problems. You've grown apart, and you're not even talking about infidelity. You're just no. saying generally. Yeah, just generally. No, like. 
Like if you if you just are kind of hiding and keeping things secret and private, um, even if they're not particularly insidious, obviously cheating on your spouse or something like that. That's not. I mean, that's a given. But yeah, I'm just talking about basic basic things. What if you eat too many Totino's pizzas in a row? Uh huh. And you know maybe your your partner told you not to, and you felt like right. you had to hide the fact that you did. Yeah, you're gonna get How many caught. of them did you eat? What is going on? This, this is a true story. I, she was very I worried tell. about my sodium intake. Yeah. Because so you were sneaking Totino's when, pizzas? Yeah, when she went out of town, all I got for myself was Totino's pizzas. <laughs> right, right, right. And right. I had like maybe three a day. Kent, that is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So Kent's self-destructive. Um, and now it's over. And now it's over. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's how you know you feel about oh, you. Man. But like looking at it from the other angle, how can you tell like if you're in a good relationship based on what they're doing? Same type of thing if they're hiding stuff from you or... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lack of communication. Um, I think it's good for people like that personal development. It doesn't mean you have to do everything together. So codependency would be an indication of an unhealthy relationship, kind of a frantic need to be close, but without really knowing how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great for couples to have kind of their own interests and hobbies uh, and not feel like they can't do something that the other person doesn't want to do. I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with supporting each other in those ways. So, mm-hmm. like, let's say your wife is like, hey, I want to learn how to ski. And you're like, yeah, not for me. But you are fully excited in supporting her, learning how to go skiing with her friends or whatever. That would be an example of a healthy relationship. Uh, putting pressure on the other person to do what you want all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ski, so we're not going to go do that. Like, that would be an indication of an unhealthy relationship. So, I mean, any advice to add to that? I mean, that kind of... Screaming, yelling, those are... <laughs> don't do those things. Those are uh, great. Binge drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so occasional drinking is okay. <laughs> well, yeah, just not the binge drinking. Right, yeah. So what would be some advice? I think one of the things that I do talk to people about a lot <laughs> who are maybe in that early stage of, of marriage or getting married or whatever is, I, I, I don't want to overuse it, but that idea that, hey wake up, be excited about the fact that you can have a, a better relationship with somebody that loves you and you love them than you can ever have on your own, but it's going to take effort and work. And as they grow, you're going to want to take the time to get to continue to know them and and love them and be interested in them. And you need to do them the favor of doing the same thing for yourself. Um, one of the basic things that I talk with people about all the time is communication. And one of the biggest human flaws we have when we're disagreeing with somebody is we start to dissociate. We're, we're sort of listening to them, but we're, we're developing our rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> In our mind, we're getting defensive. And so uh, one of the best things that people can do is learn to slow down, validate the other person. Validating them doesn't mean you agree with them. I can be like, you know what? Joel, I totally get the fact that uh, I can see you really love Garth Brooks and his <laughs> his alter egos and multiple personalities. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I can appreciate that. That's that's interesting for you. Thank you. I appreciate you standing outside the fire with me. Yeah, I don't even know what oh. that means. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> well, well, now I'm just Mr. Blue. Here are some wild horses. Uh, wow, is that a song? <laughs> I, I should have yeah. invited the country music conversation here. I'm feeling, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling lightheaded. Um, but uh, my point is that that's validating to another person. You don't have to necessarily agree with them. And, 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 and taking the time to listen, validate, and discuss, and not just be defensive. I mean, that, that right there will get you a long way. And Great. be honest. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of dishonesty in marriage isn't about the big things. It's about the fear of repercussion. And so if you're like, you know what, hon? 
I ate a lot of Tostinos. <laughs> pizza rolls? I don't know what you're talking about. It's all, all the above. Yeah. Totinos yeah. are like those dollar pizzas that are like... The size of a plate? Yeah. Oh, dude. Those are Seriously. great. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> don't they have like ketchup on them? Probably. <laughs> yeah, basically. He um, wishes. <laughs> those are the extra good ones. Um, but I mean, I think being willing to be, to be honest. Um, and then if you want your partner to be honest with you, you have to be... Less reactive, non-reactive. You have to be supportive of their honesty. You're going to hear things you don't want to hear. Right. I ate ten thousand Tostinos pizza rolls or whatever, and 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 yeah. I mean, you if you support their honesty, they're more likely to give it to you. Yeah. Vice versa. So. Okay. Good cool. advice. Is that good advice? Yeah, it's great. No, that's. I mean, it sounds like you're saying be proactive, be honest. You know, and, and then that's how to keep the relationship. Well, we kind of started talking about the love languages. And honestly, I don't think anybody needs to go buy that book. I think if you like the idea, you can, or you mm-hmm. can go take the course. But the basic idea is take time to get to know how the other person sees the world mm-hmm. and be willing to interact with them that way. And if they reciprocate it, what happens over time is you start <laughs> to have a shared worldview. So your language kind of becomes one, which is nice. Hmm. There you go. All right. All right. So thank you, Dr. Matt, for being hey, here with for us. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, where, where can people find you? Um, right here in my office where I always go. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if people want to get a hold of me, um, uh, I'm at the University of Utah. You can look me up there. I'm also in private practice. Um, uh, I do have a, a website that needs a tweak, but mattwoolleyphd.com. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me at QuickWits. They perform every Saturday at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or just go to the QuickWits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD, and you can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers, and you can also go find our merchandise on uh, gumroad.com slash bacon sale, and uh, also find links on Twitter and Facebook and all the rest. So go. Look yeah. at our uh, and I was gonna say, If you want to see the other Dr. Matt shows we have done, if you actually go to BaconCell.com and, and scroll a little bit down, you'll see all the different tags for the show. If you click on Dr. Matt, it will pick up all the I Dr. Matt tag? shows. You have a tag? Sweet. You've been tagged. Do I have, do I have merch? Uh, no, yet. you don't. Should, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff. Yeah. We can have people add their faces because we generally use you in the chair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah We can yeah, put yeah. people's faces, you, psychoanalyzing them. <laughs> nice. Right? <laughs> Personalize them. All right, All right. That's pretty good. All right. And uh, go rate and review us on iTunes. And uh, until next time, this has been Love Talk with Dr. <laughs> Matt. <laughs>
for heaven's sake. Communist, what's going on? This can't go anywhere good, can There is a musical number if that helps. That's that's interesting for you. Thank you. I appreciate you standing outside the fire with me. Yeah. Check it out, son. Use tongue. <laughs>